If you have a Bible, I invite you to take one, take it and open to Matthew chapter 7. Or help yourself to one in the rack that's in front of you there. Matthew chapter 7, first book of the New Testament. We continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus gave this whole sermon. It probably took like 20 minutes, half an hour. We've been doing this for about a year. (laughs) I'm just slow, I guess. Let's pray as we prepare to uh, look at some more amazing teaching that Jesus gave us. Father in heaven, thank you uh, for giving us this word. It is an amazing privilege to have it. And I pray that you would help us hear it the way you meant it to be heard. So remove from our minds and hearts the distractions, the things that we would go to that would uh, keep us from hearing your voice. Your voice through your son, Jesus. Lord, please just overcome our resistance, overcome our stubbornness, overcome our fear and help us hear your voice and hear your good news. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7, down through verse 12. Jesus, Lord and Messiah, says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let me ask a question to get us thinking about what Jesus is saying here. Think about your life. Think about how you spend your time. What are you pursuing? What are you pursuing in your life? What are you going after? What target are you aiming at? What is it you want to attain? And I ask that because that's really the issue Jesus raises here. He says, ask, seek, knock. Those are words of pursuit. We ask, we seek, we knock when there's something we want and we're going after it. And that raises an interesting question here. What is Jesus, what exactly is he telling us to pursue? You notice he says ask, but he doesn't say what to ask for. He says seek, but he doesn't say what. He says knock. What door? Which door do we want opened? 
And I think all of that just shows us once again, as we've seen before in this sermon, and if this is your first taste of it, I'm really glad you're here. Um, and it's not that you need to have heard what's come before, but if, if you have heard what's come before, you, you remember, Jesus says things to get us thinking, to get us pondering. You know, that's really where the title of the series came from. He said, what? You think about it. Think about it. This sermon's about very important things, and it's not enough just to say, well, isn't that nice? That's pretty. Or, man, that Jesus, he is some kind of preacher. (laughs) Yes, he is. But he didn't say this to impress us with his eloquence, but to change our lives. So, again and again, he says things in very challenging ways that, that challenge us to think deeply and carefully. What is it we're supposed to pursue? Well, you know, actually, if you stop and think about it, and if you've read through this sermon carefully, if you've been following along in this series, if you think about it, you'll realize Jesus has already told us the answer. If we've been paying attention, we know what the target is that we're supposed to aim for. All we have to do is go back a few verses to chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus said it very clearly. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God, that's what this whole Sermon on the Mount is all about from start to finish. What God's kingdom is like, what it means to belong to his kingdom, what it means to live as a member of his kingdom, to have him rule over your life as your king. What it looks like to live that kind of life. And what it looks like is righteousness. Not a popular word in our world, but a beautiful thing. Righteousness. Living a life that is right in God's eyes. Lived according to His perfect standards of love and truth. Living a life according to His values, according to His priorities. Jesus has been describing true righteousness all through the sermon because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's about righteous people doing righteous things because of their relationship to the righteous king, Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Think about this. The kingdom of God consists of righteous people doing righteous things because of their relationship to the righteous king. And that is a much bigger deal than we typically think. Because God's standards of righteousness, what it means to be righteous people doing righteous things because of our relationship to the righteous king, the the standard of that is just so much higher than we naturally think. It's so much more comprehensive, so much deeper. You know, Jesus said, we shouldn't think we're righteous just because, well, for example, we've never murdered anybody. You get that answer sometimes if you say, do you think you're a good person? People say, yeah, I'm a good person. Never killed anybody. Good job. Congratulations. That's great. 
Jesus says, don't think you're righteous just because you never murdered anybody. In fact, if you've hated somebody, you've violated God's standard of righteousness. And lusting violates God's perfect standard of love, loving relationships. And misleading people, that violates God's perfect standard of truth-telling. And on and on he goes. Jesus says that belonging to his kingdom requires being radically righteous, comprehensively righteous, humble, pure in heart, truthful, compassionate, holy, merciful, peacemaking, loving, generous, forgiving, doing good to others, doing good to others even when they don't do good to you. It is an incredibly high standard. And why is that? Why is it so high? Because real righteousness is measuring up to the character of God himself. That's all. That's the target. That's the goal. That's the thing we're to pursue. The righteousness that characterizes God and His kingdom. Pursue that. And it's not a casual pursuit. It's not a casual pursuit. This is something to pursue with bulldog tenacity. Relentlessly. You know, the verbs here are all present imperatives. Ask, seek, knock. Which means keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Relentlessly. Tenaciously. This is a tenacious pursuit. What does it take to succeed in this pursuit? What does it take to do it, to succeed at it, to pursue this and get there? Well, you've got to be convinced, first of all. You've got to be convinced that this pursuit is worth doing. You've got to be convinced it's worth doing, that it's worth going after. Think about it. In order to go after something tenaciously, with that bulldog tenacity, with that relentlessness that Jesus is talking about, we must really want it. You've got to really want what you're pursuing. And the flip side of that, of course, is if we're not really going after something, it really doesn't matter what we say. It probably means we don't want it that much. (laughs) I was thinking about this. Have you ever told yourself, maybe there's something in your life that you know you should do or you think you should do, and you say it's important to you, and you're not doing it. It's just not happening. You're You're not going after it. And you tell yourself the reason you're not doing it is because you are too busy. Have you ever said that? Have you ever told yourself, yeah, it's important, it matters to me, 
I really want to do this. I know I should do it. I'm just too busy. Can I let you in on an uncomfortable secret? It's uncomfortable for me, too. You're probably not too busy. Oh, maybe, okay, an exception. Maybe if this is just like a season in your life, short time because things are crazy, there's some unusual stuff. But if that's really not the case, if it's just kind of a pattern that's going on long term, you're not too busy. You just don't want it that much. Because we make time for the things we really want to do that we really want to pursue. So, the way to really go after something you know you should do is to want it more. To want it more. Just trying harder, that's usually what we try to do. I'll just try harder. This is, <laughs> this is what New Year's resolutions are about. I'm going to try harder. And it doesn't last. might work for a while, but it doesn't last. The key is to want it more. The key to pursuing righteousness more tenaciously, more relentlessly, is to increase our desire for it. How do you do that? That's a great question. And I would just commend that question for you guys to talk about when you get in your groups or your family. Just talk about how do you increase your desire for righteousness? I'll give you... What I think is a good answer. You got to cultivate a taste for it. You have to cultivate a taste for it. Psalm 34 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. You know, if you've never tasted something, <laughs> we were doing this with the kids, you put something before them, try it. What is it? It's good. Just taste it. I don't want to taste it. It's green, or it's whatever. <laughs> uh, taste it. It's good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to experience it. You have to, you know, righteousness. You've got to taste righteousness. You have to experience it to know that it's good. And here's the interesting thing. If, if you know, if, <laughs> if something tastes good, you don't have to make yourself eat it. Nobody has to make me eat ice cream. Here, eat that. <laughs> what they have to make me try to eat is the stuff they say, well, it's good for you. Okay, so i got to make myself eat what's good for me, but if it tastes good, I just eat it. I don't have to make myself do it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that righteousness is good. How do you taste the Lord's goodness? Well, I'll give you one big way. Look at Jesus. Look at him. Because he is righteousness in the flesh. Look and see the beauty of righteousness lived out. Look at his kindness. Look at his courage. Look at his mercy. Look how beautiful righteousness really is. Hang around with people who are demonstrating his righteousness. Look at how beautiful it is. 
And think about this. Everything that is wrong with the world, everything that makes the world lousy, is unrighteousness. The cruelty, the selfishness, the apathy, the indifference, the lack of love. You, you want a world that is righteous. Whether you know it or not, whether you'd use that term or not, that's the world you want. You want righteousness. You want people who are righteous, who do righteous things. You want leaders who are righteous. You want nations that are righteous. You want relationships that are righteousness. Righteous. Real righteousness is a beautiful thing. Ask God to help you want it more. Jesus said that God's kingdom is worth whatever it costs you to get it. It's worth whatever it costs you to get it. And he told, Jesus told a story about this one day, Matthew uh, 13, 44. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. And this is referring to the fact that people in that day, you know, there weren't really trustworthy banks. If you had, like, family treasure, you wouldn't probably, a lot of people wouldn't take it to the bank, so you know, they'd bury it. And sometimes what would happen is people would die, and nobody would know where the treasure was, or, you know, there wasn't any but no heirs. So it just gets forgotten. Here's a guy, he's walking through a field, and he trips on something, he looks down, and here's all this money, this treasure. I don't know what all it was, but he knows the only way he can legitimately claim that treasure is to buy the land. So he runs off. Now look at the tenacity. Look at the, the uh, relentless. He sells everything he's got to buy the field. Why? Because he wants the treasure. And you wouldn't describe this as, well, what a sacrifice. Look at that guy. Look at how much he's giving up. Are you kidding me? He's like, what I'm giving up is nothing compared to what I'm getting. That's the case with the kingdom of God. Whatever it costs you to get it, you're not giving up much compared to what you're getting. It's so worth it. The pursuit of righteousness is worth doing. It's worth pursuing. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that. To succeed in this pursuit, you have to believe that. You've also got to be convinced that without pursuit, you will not succeed. Without pursuit, without going after it, you won't succeed in your pursuit. My, my sons have heard me say something many times, and... It annoys them. They roll their eyes when I say it. That's okay. It's part of what dads are for. But, you know, if, there, if there's a young lady that they're maybe interested in, they like, they might be interested in a relationship, I, I throw this out. Faint heart never won, fair maiden. Faint heart never won, fair maiden. If you want to date her, if you want to know her, if you want a relationship with her, you got to pursue her. 
you got to go, man. And that's just true with anything that you, if you want it, you got to pursue it. Now, I want to try to clear something up that can be very confusing about this whole pursuit of righteousness thing. Okay, because one of the central truths of the gospel, that is the good news about Jesus Christ, is that we are declared righteous by God on the basis of what Jesus did. His death and his resurrection for us. We are declared righteous when we put our trust in Christ. And, the, and uh, when, we, when we put our trust in Christ, we receive him, we receive his free gift of eternal life. It's what the Apostle Paul talks about when he uses the phrase, justified by faith. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God right now through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, justified means that God, the judge, has declared us righteous on the basis of what Christ has done. And we put our trust in him. God, on the basis of what his son has done, bangs his gavel and says, case dismissed, not guilty. Okay, well, if we've come to that place in our lives, if you haven't yet, today would be a perfect day to do that. To come to the place of saying yes to Jesus and what he did for you. When we come to that place, if we've done that, and God has banged his gavel and said not guilty, case dismissed, do we really have to continue then to pursue righteousness? Don't we have it? Do we have to pursue it? And the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely. Because that's what faith is. Faith is trusting in Jesus and continuing to trust Jesus to make us right, to save us, to change us, to make us what he wants us to be. It's not an event. It's a process. Okay, now it starts with an event. Lots of things that are processes start with an event. When we first put our trust in Christ, God forgives our sin. He adopts us into his family. He gives us eternal life as a free gift. He indwells us with his Holy Spirit. That's the beginning of a lifelong process of becoming what he means for us to be. And that involves a pursuit, the pursuit of the righteousness that characterizes God in his kingdom. And if we're not pursuing it, something's wrong. Something is really wrong if we're not pursuing it. Our faith is defective. Maybe we didn't really begin. I want you to consider a parallel between spiritual life and physical life. I want you to think of a newborn baby. New life has begun, and it's awesome. Okay, but what is the evidence? What is the evidence that this new life is real and healthy? Answer, growth. Growth. Living, healthy babies continue to grow. They get bigger, 
they develop new abilities, new skills. They keep on becoming what they are meant to be. Now, I know parents, and especially grandparents, sometimes say, (laughs) they sometimes say, oh, they're just so cute. They're just, I wish they would just stay that way. If they could just stay babies and not grow up. All right, people say that. Nobody in their right mind really wants that. (laughs) Nobody really wants that because you cannot become what you're meant to be without growing. You were meant to be righteous. Not just in some legal sense, but in the fullest, most comprehensive sense possible. Inside and out. You were meant to be righteous. Righteous in all your thoughts. Righteous in all your attitudes. Righteous in all your actions. And if you don't pursue righteousness, you won't have it. Jesus did not say, ask, seek, knock, if it's convenient. If you have time, if you want to achieve that highest level of existence, no, this is normal. This is normal. This is what it means to have a relationship with him. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. In other words, keep on pursuing him. Here's another way to think about it. Maybe this will help if if it's not clear yet. Many is the husband who has made the critical mistake of thinking that once he won his lady and got her to marry him, the pursuit was over. Hey, mission accomplished. Goal attained. Faint heart never won fair maiden. I won fair maiden. We're good. Goal attained, objective reached. No more pursuit. What do you think, women? Is that true? He doesn't need to pursue you anymore, does he? Wrong. Wrong. Because marriage is a relationship. And you know what? A relationship is not an event. It's a process. It is a process, a lifelong process that involves a lifelong pursuit. If you don't keep pursuing that relationship, you will not have the marriage you want. I want you to look at some words from the Apostle Paul. Now, this is a man who knew. I mean, he's the one who taught us justification by faith. We have been justified through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He knew that. He said it. He taught it. This is a man who knew he belonged to Christ. This is a man who knew he was forgiven of his sins. This is a man who knew that when he died, he'd go to be with Christ. He said it in the first part of this very book I'm going to quote from. He said, I want to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. This is a guy who knew he had a genuine relationship with Jesus. And this is what he says, Philippians 3, 8 through 12. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, from keeping the rules. That's not where I get righteousness. But the righteousness which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Pursuit. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. We must pursue it. Without pursuit, your pursuit will not succeed. And then finally you must be convinced that your pursuit will succeed. See, in order to go after it, you got to want it, you got to believe that you got to go after it to get it, and you got to believe if you do go after it, you will get it. You got to be convinced that your pursuit will succeed, or you won't try. Now, you, you football fans, you Seahawk fans in particular, you probably heard that they just opened training camp on Friday. Did you hear that? Does anybody care? No? Whatever. They did. They opened training camp on Friday. That's right. Now, just in case any of you are wondering, I just want to tell you something. I'm not going to training camp and trying out. I'm going to do it. You say, why? Why aren't you going to Seahawks training camp and trying out? <laughs> what a dumb question. <laughs> because there's no way. Absolutely no way. One tackle, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> That's it. It's all over. Absolutely pointless. There is no way my pursuit will succeed. When we know we can't obtain something, we don't bother trying. We just don't. And unfortunately, that's the way some people think about the righteousness of God. The kingdom of God and His righteousness, they think there's no way. There's no way I can ever get that. So why bother? What's the point? I mean, read what Jesus said about righteousness for crying out loud. Look how high the standard is. There's no way I can measure up. True, if it's up to you. But the same Jesus that tells us how high the standard is says to us, ask, seek, knock. Notice that. Notice what he doesn't say. Notice he doesn't say, try harder. Come on, try harder. He doesn't say that. What's he say? He says, ask. Ask. We have to get this. This is so important. Please notice how we pursue righteousness. We pursue it by asking, by seeking, by knocking. This is a pursuit that succeeds not by achieving, but by receiving 
Do you see it? In other words, the way that we pursue righteousness is not by transforming ourselves by our own strength, by our own merits, by our own willpower, but by asking God and seeking His grace and knocking on His door. And we can see that right here. Notice what Jesus says. Right after He says, ask, seek, knock. What does He say? He does not give us a list of stuff to do. What does He do? He gives us a description of how good God is and how much He wants to give good things to those who ask Him. That's what He does. And that's why you can be absolutely confident that your pursuit of righteousness will succeed because ultimately it does not depend on how good you are but on how good God is. This is huge. This is why it's good news. This is why we can sit around and talk about what righteousness really is and not be totally discouraged out of our minds and hopeless because this pursuit succeeds by asking and by receiving, by relying on God and His goodness. Jesus says, He says, hey, you dads, you wouldn't give your hungry children a rock when they want a, wanted some bread. Sure, you know, a round rock looks kind of like a loaf of bread. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't give your hungry children a serpent when they wanted fish. Okay, he says. You know how to give good gifts to your children. And you're <coughs> evil. Apparently, Jesus didn't realize how controversial it is to say that, even though it's true. Even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven, who is good, who is always good, give good things, the good things that you need when you ask Him? See how that argument works? Do you see the logic here? Do you see how this puts the focus on God as the giver and not on us as the achievers? Do you see that? Asking, seeking, and knocking is how we pursue righteousness because success does not depend on what we achieve but what we receive. Those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find, To those who knock, the door is open. Why? Because they're so worthy. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful job you did of asking. What a fine knock you have. No! It's not because those who ask, seek, and knock are so good or so worthy. It's because God is so good and wants to give them what they need. That's the argument. And what do you need? What do you need? You need righteousness my friend you need righteousness we think we need a lot of other stuff and there are other things we need but you know what the compelling crucial need of your life and my life is for righteousness we need to be righteous people doing righteous things because of a relationship with a righteous king You need to become humble. You need to become pure in heart. You need to become truthful and compassionate 
and holy and merciful and peacemaking, loving, generous, forgiving, doing good to others even when they don't do good to you. How does this happen? It happens as you rely on God. That's what it means to pursue. To rely on God all the time. Ask for His help. Seek His grace. Knock on His door. Again and again and again. Life really does come down to this. It really does. It comes down to either relying on yourself or relying on Jesus Christ. How do you know which one you're doing? You ask, you seek, you knock. That's what it means to rely. Jesus says, pursue. Pursue God. Pursue his kingdom. Pursue righteousness because it's necessary. You have to ask. You have to seek. You have to knock. Don't think you don't have to do this. You do. And don't wallow in despair because you think it's impossible. It's not impossible. Pursue righteousness because it's not hopeless because those who ask receive and those who seek find and to those who knock it's opened. Your Father in heaven wants to give you all that you need. So ask, and you will have it. Let's bow and ask. I'm just going to be quiet and give you time to ask for whatever you need, but above all, I urge you to ask for righteousness. Ask God to give you a taste for righteousness that compels you to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And when you blow it, to not give up, but to keep on asking, seeking, and knocking. Because God wants to give you what you need. I know that is hard to believe sometimes. But don't take my word for it. Jesus said it. So ask. You ask. I'll join in in a minute. Father in heaven, I just am amazed at how foolish I can be to keep twisting things to make it all about me and my performance instead of about you and how good you are. And so right now, I'm just asking that you would help all of us learn the habit of asking, of seeking, of knocking, coming to you again and again, times that we plan that are set apart, that are uh, quiet for long periods of asking, and then other times just through the day as we have opportunity, as we have need, as we think, just to continually ask. Lord, give us just a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. 
You said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. You said they're happy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Give us that hunger and help us pursue. Help us know that without pursuit, we won't get it. And if we do pursue, we will get it because we're asking and seeking and knocking. We're relying on you, Lord, not on ourselves. There's no goodness in us apart from you. So we come to you and we ask. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who hasn't started asking, they haven't come to that place of putting their trust in Christ alone for their righteousness, Lord, may today be the day. God, give us that relentless, tenacious pursuit of you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.